Tis the season to be thankful, is it not? If you have something to be thankful for, say amen this morning. Oh, y'all need some more things to be thankful about. If you have something to be thankful for this morning, say amen. 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 Every morning, every day, we have things to be thankful for, and it's good that we can celebrate with at least our nation this season of things that we are thankful for, being more mindful of the things I'm thankful for, my marriage, my kids, living in a place that many people come and go on vacation. I'm thankful for this church, a church that really lives by the motto, we care for you, we count on you. I'm thankful for the little girl I just saw walking down the aisle in that last song and the kids that we have to fill a nursery right now and those poor attendants, please pray, pray for them because they're not thankful right now of all the, that's going on in that room. We have so many things to be thankful for. You know, I'm thankful to see all the things God has been doing through this four-part sermon series, Making Change. How many of you, over the past month, have gotten rid of at least 100 items in your home? Okay, put them up high. Be proud. My hand's up. Okay, just from that show of hands, that is thousands of items that we have gotten rid of because we recognize that less is more. Oh, man, like new face, new person up here. Like we got we to warm ourselves back up from all, all that uh, turkey sleepies we've been having, okay? So we have learned from week one that less is more. Less is more, that's right. And I am thankful that I have been hearing these conversations. They're subtle, they're small, they're just like in passing of people who have started to care far more about their budget about their finances. I've heard snowball, I've begun my snowball more times now in Vero Beach than anywhere in, that I have over the winter time because we don't get actual snow here. So we just, we talk about our budget snowball more. How many of you over the past couple of weeks have paid a lot more attention to your budget? Maybe you started building it. Maybe you've canceled some subscriptions. Okay, a few of us. I've heard of people being grateful with the things that they have. Today, we're going to continue and close out our sermon series because we believe that God's word is powerful, that it can change our life. However, we have to meet God in our faith. We have to meet God in our actions if we want to actually make change in our budget. So one more summary. First week, we talked about less is more. We learned that better one handful with rest than two handfuls with effort and a pursuit of the wind. Week two, we talked about stress is bad. That's right. That no matter how much you have or don't have, we don't want a tension that that actually pulls us away from what God can do with us in our life. If we have stress in our finances, Last week, we talked about giving is good, that it is better to give than it is to receive, something that you only understand when you experience it. And today, we're going to close out this series talking about tomorrow matters. (laughs) All right, so let's lock these in one last time. And I promise you, after this, you won't have to repeat these ever again out loud, okay? Less is more. Stress is bad. bad. Giving is good. good. 
Tomorrow matters. One more time, less is more. Stress is bad. Giving is good. Tomorrow matters. I wanna start off with one of the most prominent concerns I have with the younger generation. My generation, the generation under me. Now, let me be the first to say that I am an optimist when it comes to the future of the church. These younger people, my generation, the generation after me, I can't believe there's a generation after me already, but they're there, they're sitting there letting me know that I'm getting older. I'm, I am an optimist of all the things and all the ways God is showing us how he's going to work in a new world that is being created. However, I do have leading concerns. And my topmost concern that I have right now is that my generation has been conditioned with instant gratification. In fact, all of us have been spoiled in some way with what I call the now syndrome, right? So instead of going to Blockbuster or waiting a couple of days for our Netflix DVD to get in the mail, now we can jump on one of our 15 streaming platforms and find pretty much anything we want instantly. How, how about this? No longer do we have to wait two weeks or one week or four days for something to get shipped to us. Now with Amazon, we can get it in two days or one day. Or how about, have y'all, have y'all done this? The same day shipping? Like you purchase it and it gets delivered to your door. It's kind of like when we used to go to the store that day and pick it off the shelf, but now it gets delivered straight to us. Did you know that there is such a thing as web loading time? That you will lose your customer's attention if, you, if your website exceeds a certain amount of time for it to load. Do you want to know what that time is? Two seconds. If your website doesn't load in two seconds, and they'll pay, you, pay people a lot of money to get it to load in two seconds, you start losing customers. Here's the most prominent one, or one that's most relevant. How about whenever you're texting a friend, and you send them a response, bloop, 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 and you see the little three bubbles come up, and then they disappear. And then you know that they read it because the red receipt's on. You look up their location, you know they're home, they're not doing anything. You, you see them post something on social media, they're not responding to you, and you're wondering, where, where are they? Why aren't they responding to me right now? I need an answer right now. Instant gratification. The most prominent place we see this mindset is in our finances. This wanting to be rich quick. This receiving money and spending money immediately. According to an article I found in CNN, 76% of people are living paycheck to paycheck. Here's what that means. There's about 150 people in this room right now. That means 113 of us, if we lost our job today, would not be able to pay the bills a month from now. That's what that means. Two out of three, sorry, three out of four people in a room are living paycheck to paycheck. Now, I understand for some people, that's actually an accomplishment, right? A, a single parent, three to four kids, doesn't have a college degree, nobody's hiring, just putting food on your kid's table is enough for you right now. Like, that's what you're able to do. 
We have new married, new parents, people transitioning careers. I am not here to heap guilt on you because you may be in a season where you are living paycheck to paycheck. But if we can be just honest with ourselves for a moment, the vast majority of us do not have to live this way. Not really. The problem is, is that we are today-centered. We're focused solely on what I get and give today. And we're not actually being wise with our money or our decisions. My goal this morning is to shift our mindset to one that believes that tomorrow matters. And when we recognize that tomorrow matters, it changes the way we live today. Let me emphasize this with two proverbs and a parable with you this morning. The first proverb comes from Proverbs 21, verse 20. It says, the wise have wealth and luxury. That's what we want, right? Wealth, luxury, that's what everybody's seeking, but fools spend whatever they get. That's Hebrew for living paycheck to paycheck right there. You, you get it, you spend it. You get it, you spend it. You don't need to hold on to it. It burns a hole in your pocket. And the Bible says, if that's how you're living your life, you're being a fool. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. Here's another proverb. Proverb chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. Solomon digs it. He's like, let me tighten this up a little bit. He says, go to the ant. And I don't mean like Aunt Lucy down the road that you had to see over Thanksgiving. I mean the insect ant. Look at this insect. You sluggard, not me, consider its ways and be wise. Meaning, if you're not doing what this ant is doing, then this ant, this insect, is being wiser than you are. Okay, so what is it? This ant doesn't have a commander or an overseer or a ruler or mom and dad or a boss. And yet, it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at the harvest, meaning this ant knows winter is coming. It knows hard times are on the horizon, and instead of stuffing his face with all the grain he collects that day, he eats some, and then he stores some. And if you are in a place in your life where you're not doing that, then the ant is actually being more wise than you are. The Bible coming hitting hitting us hard today, okay? So we're just going to settle into this with a parable from Matthew chapter 25. So this is a well-known parable. It's a parable of of the tenants or talents. Um, Now, talents is not like juggling or something like that. Talents is a currency of money, right? So in my translation up here, we have bags of gold. That's a great way to think of it. So here's how this story goes. One master has three servants, To the first servant, he gives five bags of gold. To the second servant, he gives two bags of gold. And then to the third last servant, he gives one bag of gold. And notice, he gives it to their own ability. So this master knows things about these servants. And he gives them money, and he goes away. Now, he comes back after a time. And he notices that the man who had received five bags of gold went at once, put his money to work, and gained five bags more. He invested it wisely. It paid back. The man who had two bags of gold did the same thing. He invested it wisely. He doubled 
what he had. He had two more bags. But the man who had received one bag, this third man, he didn't think about tomorrow. He wasn't concerned about it. He played it safe. He put it aside. He buried it. And what does the master say? Well, how does the master respond to all of these? Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says that this master replies, well done to the two that invested. Well done, good and faithful servant. So what does it mean in this parable to be faithful to Jesus? It means investing and multiplying what you have. Having a little, you've been faithful with a few things, and because you have been faithful with the little that I gave you, I will then give you a greater amount. Now, that's what he says to the two that invested wisely. And we usually just kind of end it there. Okay, whew, okay, I feel good about myself. But Jesus doesn't end it there. He then turns to the one, the one who wasn't thinking about tomorrow. What does he say to him? He says, you wicked and lazy servant. Not just lazy, wicked wicked. You didn't think about tomorrow. You weren't wise with the things that were trusted to you. You're not just lazy, you're being wicked. The one who is faithful multiplies what they have, and they can be trusted with even more. The one who is not faithful, who is not thinking about tomorrow, they are considered wicked. We're going to talk about something this morning that a lot of people feel like we shouldn't talk about in church, which makes me want to talk about it even more in church that we shouldn't talk about money. We shouldn't talk about investing, about how to make money. But here's the thing, if Jesus can spend a good amount of time talking about investing and saving and making money, you better believe the church should be talking about it too. God is giving you something and he wants to know what you're doing with it. So today we're gonna talk about making money. How can you make money in today's world? There are actually two primary ways that you make money. One is obvious, one is not so obvious. The first one, the obvious way to make money is you have gifts and talents. You go out into somebody who wants to pay you for your gifts, your talents. You work hard, you work with excellence, 40, 60 hours a week, somewhere in between. And then after a week, two weeks, a month, you will get paid money for doing excellent work, hopefully. In this house, we do excellent work. That's how you make money, right? We, that's the traditional way. We all understand that. That makes sense. There is a second way that you can make money that's not as obvious, and that is the money that you receive, that you earn the traditional way, instead of working just for your money, you then make your money work for you. You make the money do some heavy lifting so that it multiplies over time. And this is a principle that is pulled directly from the parable that we just read. Look at Matthew chapter 25 again. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and, say it with me, put his money to work. He put his money to work. When God trusts you with something, you have a choice of what you can do with it. Now, you can do what everybody does with it. You get it, you spend it. 
You get it? You spend it. And here's a reality check that many of you are very aware of, that whenever you spend what you have, it's gone. It can no longer work for you. It can no longer do anything for you. It is gone. So instead, you could instead receive it, spend a little, give a little, and then invest the rest. And if you can do that and find a way to invest in a way that multiplies what you have, God may eventually look at you and say, you had a little and you are faithful with a little. I am now going to give you more. So how do we do that? Well, if we want to maximize what we have today or what we have tomorrow, we have to do something smart with it today. If we believe that tomorrow matters, if we believe that tomorrow matters, then we have to realize that what we are given today, God is watching and waiting and ready to watch us walk faithfully into it. So let's talk about investing. Don't go to my point yet. Let's go to investing. Today I want to talk about investing. If you're anything like me, investing is a little overwhelming at times, right? A lot of us, we're just trying to pay off debt. <laughs> we're just trying to pour into our savings account. We're just trying to create better spending habits. The idea of investing is like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't, I'm not there yet. I'm not ready to start investing my money. And that is one of the leading problems in our educational system. We're not taught, I was not taught how to manage money. Unless you're a business major or an accountant or something in that degree, in that very specific slice of work, you are not taught how to manage, budget, invest your money. So, because of that, I'm going to state the obvious. I am not an investing specialist. I am not a financial planner. I am a pastor. <laughs> and if I, I am not going to tell you how to invest your money. That would be dangerous for me, for you, for everybody involved. Instead, at 5 p.m. tonight, some seasoned leaders in investing are going to tell you exactly how you can save and invest your money in today's economy. People who actually know and have done it a long time and are doing it currently and do it for other people are going to sit down and talk to you specifically on what to do with your money. Tonight, 5 p.m. And this is for people who have money in the bank, money sitting around ready to be invested, have a large investing portfolio. This is also for people who have had this conversation with multiple times who say, I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying to get by. I can't even think about that. You can. You can start because if all you're doing is doing the traditional make money, spend money, that's all you'll sit in. But instead, we want to be smart and smart from the beginning with the little that we have and to take some and to know how to wisely invest it and make it work for us. Now, I am, again, not an investing specialist. I am a pastor, so I'm going to show you instead some biblical principles that apply broadly to investing. Because before we begin any endeavor, investing, starting a business, starting a family, going on a mission trip, we should have a foundation of biblical principles. 
And today, we have three thoughts from Scripture that apply directly to investing. Number one is, don't invest in things you don't understand. This is just a good rule of thumb in general, not just in investing, but the Bible says it this way, by wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. In other words, if you want to build a house, you're going to need wisdom on how to build a house. If you want to build wealth, you need to acquire wisdom on how to build wealth. If you want to build anything that is substantial in matters, you need to invest in your knowledge about the subject. Don't invest before you know. Let me give you a very practical example of this that happened in February of 2021. Some of you may know of GameStop. In 2021, its stocks hit a huge financial story, a huge headline. So if you don't know what GameStop is, it's just a brick and mortar retail store for video games. You go in there, you buy your video games, you walk out, just as specializes. Now, with COVID and the, the surge of online gaming, not many people are walking in and buying video games. And so people who own GameStop stocks and hedge fund managers, they drove the price of it down. That's how they make money. They push the price down and they sell short and they make money that way. Now, what the hedge fund managers didn't know is that an online community, mostly of gamers, wanted to stick it to the big man. And so they did what's called a short squeeze where they all bought in and they jacked the price of GameStop stock up from $19 to $483 in 24 days. That's a 2,442% increase. Now, if you're sitting here like thinking, you lost me at GameStop, I don't even know what we're talking about. That is the value of understanding something before you put your money there. Because if you come in and you're sitting right about here and you come in and you're like, I'm gonna buy stocks today, um, oh, GameStop looks like it's on a rise. Who knows where this puppy could go? I'm going to buy in. And you buy in right here at a 400, let's say, dollar stock. In about a month, in about 20 days, it's worth next to nothing. This is the value of knowledge. Don't invest in things you don't understand. Learn it or hire somebody who does understand I recommend the former because you'll actually get to carry that with you. Principle number two, don't put all of your eggs in one basket. I'm pretty sure every grandma and grandpa told us this advice, right? And they, they were onto something because here's what the Bible says, divide your investments among many places for you do not know what risks might lie ahead. What that means is that you're not going to put all of your money into GameStop. You're not going to put all of your money into the market or into bonds or to real estate or into other commodities. Why? Because whenever you spread your money out, it has a chance to grow. You have a chance to grow, to learn something in different areas, to make mistakes. So if you had a little bit in GameStop and you lose that money, you're not out. Not all of your eggs are in one basket. You know, investing is a lot like manure when you think about it. Manure, whenever you pile it up in one big stinky heap, 
It's worthless. It's nasty. Nobody wants to get around it. But whenever you spread manure out on a field, all of a sudden it becomes a fertilizer for growth. It creates moments of opportunities. Listen, folks, I'm just trying to be a bridge, and some of you know a lot more about manure than you do money, so I'm just trying to help you out here. Last principle. Don't try to get rich quick. Now, this is one I have to sit on. I have to digest and think about a little bit more. Paul, who wrote the majority of our New Testament, he's discipling a young man. He says this, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Whenever you get greedy, you're not objective anymore. Whenever you get self-centered and you just want it all, you start making unwise decisions. You start falling into traps. You want to know what the first thing that goes whenever you get greedy? Whenever you get greedy and you acquire wealth, it's not your family. They'll stay around a little bit. Your friends, at least your friends, they'll stay around. Your commodities, your outward image, all of that will stick around for quite a bit. The thing that you will lose first is your integrity. It's your character. That's what goes first. We don't try to get rich quick. We build it slowly over time. Men, men in the room, we are the most vulnerable of this. We tend to be sprinters because our, our identity, it's in being the provider, right? We want to provide, we want to give, we want to win, we want that hit of success, but we have to remember we're not sprinting investors. We're marathon investors. We're not here for the short term. We're here for the long term. And that mentality is actually scriptural. Dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers it little by little makes it grow. Say little by little. Little by little, we make our wealth grow. In fact, I want to give you a formula. A formula you can use that's guaranteed to build you wealth over time. A simple formula, right, that can build you wealth over time. Now, when we, whenever we think of wealth, that's like a dirty word in church. It's like we can't talk about wealth and acquiring wealth. But wealth in itself is not bad. You can do a lot of good with wealth. The, the danger with wealth is that you can very easily turn inward. So we want to acquire wealth so that we can do good in the world. But we have to do it little by little. We have to do a lot with the little God gives us so that we can have even more. So here is our equation, our formula that's guaranteed to build you wealth over time. You ready? All right, money, obvious, got to have money. You take money. You take consistency and you add in some time and you will acquire wealth in the end. Money plus consistency plus time will build you wealth. This is called the compound effect. If you've been to any financial class or sought to learn investing and saving and finances, you probably heard 
of the compound effect. If you haven't, let me give you a little exercise to do. I'm going to give you two options, and I want you, by show of hands, to choose which option you would want. Option number one is today, I will give you $1 million. Just give it to you. You can go and do whatever you want with it. It's yours. It's just a million. There you go. A lot of you are like, I could take a million dollars right now. A million dollars would change a lot in my life right now. That's option number one. Option number two is I will give you, I think I have one here, a penny. One penny. But here's what I promise to do. I will multiply this penny every day for 30 days. So today you'll get a penny. Tomorrow you'll come back, I'll give you two pennies. The next day you'll come back, I'll give you four pennies. Next day you come back, I'll give you eight pennies, so on for 30 days. Option number one, a million. Option number two, penny multiplied. How many of you are saying, just give me a million dollars. I'll take a million dollars. <laughs> a couple of you are like, I think I want a million. I'll take a million. How many of you will have the penny multiplied for 30 days? Okay, a lot of you, have, you understand this. Because the million people, you actually cut yourself short. If instead you took a penny, multiplied every day, you'd actually be walking away with $5.3 million at the end of 30 days. That's called the compound effect. Your million dollars stays the same consistently. That is earning money, giving money. Earning money, spending money. But if we learn to invest and invest wisely, over time, it adds up. Now, we understand that tomorrow matters. <laughs> Thank you, Elizabeth, my one consistent person up here. <laughs> if we understand that tomorrow matters, then we have to change what we do today, right? And people who have acquired wealth over time, they will always talk about what they did and had to sacrifice back then to get to where they are today. And some of you here right now, you're in the then. You're in the back then. You're living, you're barely living right now. <laughs> you're in a season you can hardly do anything. But here's what I want you to hear. You do not have to stay in that season. You can get to a point in your life, every single one of you in here, where you can one day say, that was back then, but this is now. And if you feel discouraged, I want you to remember you have a choice to look back and say that was then. But it will only happen when you recognize that less is more. That stress is bad. That giving is good. That tomorrow matters. And whenever you can consistently over time do the right thing with your money, what happens? What happens? Well, I learned it from our very own Bob Brackett, he says, God meets you in your faith. He'll meet you there. Little by little, we start doing better. Little by little, you start learning. Little by little, you pay something off. Little by little, you, you become more generous with your money. And then you pour into an investment. And then you pour into your retirement. And then you one day look up and you realize over time you have acquired wealth. And as one of your pastors, let me tell you what I want for every single one of you. I want you to become an incredible investor. And don't think for a moment that I'm just talking about money. You see, Jesus Christ, he invested 
in a small group of men and women who would one day give their life up for the cause of Christ. And because of his investment, we are still here today talking about the resurrected Christ. So my prayer for you, our prayer, the leadership's prayer for you, is that you become an incredible investor and you become rich in every aspect of your life. That you invest in your marriage and you are blessed with a rich relationship that pays dividends your entire life. I pray that you will invest in your children and you will be rich in relationships with them. I pray that you invest in your friendships and you are rich with a spiritual community, that you have friends that would give their life up for you in the same way you would give up your life for them. I pray that you invest in your church family. You recognize that you are not just coming to church on Sunday, that you're, if you're here right now, you are a part of the church. You are the body of Christ, using your gifts and your skills for this community. We are long-term investors at the Vero Beach Church of Christ. We are investing in every aspect of our life, trusting that if we believe last time, tomorrow matters, that that will make a change in our life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for the body of Christ that's gathered here today. I want to thank you that we've gotten to spend the past month talking about the gifts, the financial blessings that you have given us. Father, I pray that we will not be quick to get rich, that we won't be unwise as we acquire wealth. Father, that we will constantly be seeking to solidify our hearts around you. Father, help us wherever we are in our life. Some, of, some people in here, God, they are barely getting by, paycheck by paycheck. They don't know what tomorrow will bring. They're just fighting to have something different. Others of us, we've given our entire life to sacrifice and we're just starting to see the returns of it. Wherever we are, God, Help us believe with all of our heart that we can be good and faithful to a little and that you will give us even more. That if we invest and save, change our spending habits, focus on our budgets, have a mindset, mindset shift that less really is more, that I can give out of my scarcity, not just out of my abundance, Father, that you will meet us in our faith. So, Father, whoever is here, whoever needs to hear this message, who needs to be encouraged where they are financially, let them hear you today. Hear you say, continue to be faithful, and little by little, become better, and I will meet you there. God, I pray for the future of this church, that we will be long-term investors, not just in our money, but in our marriages, our families, our community, our friendships, and our own faith. Help us invest for the long run. We give this to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.